0: Hello and welcome to the very first coronavirus-themed episode of the Fuck-a- Oh my god. Hello and welcome to the first ever coronavirus-themed episode of the Fuck-a-Day Podcast. Hopefully first and last. Um, But I was about to work on this episode and I had another episode planned for you but I'm going to push that to next episode and focus on the coronavirus and the coronavirus panic and specifically the panic buying and the food scarcity and the scarcity mindset because it is really triggering and it's also very interesting to kind of note what it does to us. Um, And I think it's very relevant to the fuck a diet and it will still be relevant after this pandemic is under control. Who knows when that will be, but I think that the topic is is both relevant and also something that will remain relevant. So this is going to be the focus for today. I'm going to share, (laughs) I'm gonna hold off and I'm gonna share my week both with the coronavirus outbreak coming to Philadelphia um, and all the other really, really strange, very strange things happening this week amidst this pandemic, essentially. I'm going to talk about that stuff later. Um, A little sneak peek. uh, I'm going to talk about my ant infestation. I'm gonna talk about the weird altercation that I had with the guy who parked denting my car and then blamed it on me. I'm going to talk about, in one of the biggest ironies of my life, I went on two dates amidst a pandemic and a national emergency, which was just really poor timing. And now that I've realized it's not a match, I can go back to my life of beautiful self-isolation and social distancing. I also got a book deal offer in the middle of this crisis for my second book about rest and cultural exhaustion, which is very exciting um, and a little weird because now my agent is doing negotiations and every day the world gets more panicked, so it's like a terrible time for negotiations. Um, uh, so I'm going to talk more about what my week has been like, that's a little preview, but let's just get into the questions about coronavirus because uh everyone's freaking out man uh so the big thing and I posted this on my Instagram but I said so like do I have seasonal allergies or a highly infectious disease because of course of course everyone it's spring allergies time and, well, I guess it's only spring for the northern hemisphere. But it's allergies time, no matter what. Because I guess even in Australia, it would be fall allergies time. But I, um, I have been sneezing. I have had a little bit of phlegm in my throat. I had a headache yesterday. And, of course, every time I sneeze, people glare at me like I'm like ruining the world. Which, you know, if you think about it, think about it this way. If you are a carrier for coronavirus, so say you are asymptomatic, your body is currently fighting it off, but you could pass it along to other people. Well, if you have allergies and you're sneezing, that is going to make you kind of like shoot it out there a little bit more. But the good news is that sneezing is not A symptom of the coronavirus which shocked me when I saw that apparently the big the most common symptoms are a fever and a cough usually a dry cough sometimes body aches sometimes exhaustion but sneezing is not one of the symptoms which I don't know why that blows my mind so much I feel like I just assumed it's respiratory there's gonna be sneezing but it's more um, long chest and cough um yeah i have also been coughing but not really so i i don't have the coronavirus but that doesn't mean that i'm not a carrier that doesn't mean that i haven't come in contact with it so that is the big panic right and that especially in the states now that we're finally kind of taking it seriously and closing things down and trying to stop the spread of it we have such a fucked up healthcare system and it's so expensive for people or it has been so expensive for people to get tested and we have no structures in place to help people figure out whether they have it or not whether they are a carrier whether their symptoms are coronavirus or something else so people aren't really taking the necessary precautions because everyone's assuming that they don't have it and so it's able to be spread around um i also need to give the disclaimer that i am in no way an expert on the coronavirus i am in no way an expert on even best practices i obviously just want to share what i've experienced what i have learned and how it's affecting us with our food and food scarcity and what some big takeaways can be because i know that people are getting triggered i know that people are noticing weird stuff around food now that everyone's panicking and the grocery stores have empty shelves and so that is what we're going to be talking about mostly today. So do I have spring allergies or the coronavirus? Well, yes, the US is super behind on testing and because nothing is covered, no one is able to get tested if they suspect they have it. But what I have heard from my research, if you have a fever over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, that is means or that's you know something that you want to get checked out and if you have a cough usually a dry cough sneezing is not one of the symptoms or itchy eyes itchy nose itchy throat all of those things are allergies and so that also means that when you hear someone sneezing yeah okay if they have allergies and the coronavirus that's gonna make it spread around more however sneezing does not automatically mean that somebody has coronavirus so for you and for when you're out in the world that should be something that is makes you a little bit calmer Um, and all we can really do is is do our best try and be responsible and try and be a little bit calmer because panicking is not really going to help anything and it's not going to help us kind of thrive and survive this this situation because it could last a long time and you know the scary thing for me the scary thing is that at any moment there could be mandated quarantining which is why everyone's panicking and panic buying or i could learn that i've come in contact with somebody and need to immediately self-quarantine or you know show symptoms and need to self-quarantine that is the reason that everyone's panic buying and it makes sense i mean there's a lot of unknown people don't want to get stuck places people don't want to be forced to self-quarantine and not have anything that they need for two weeks or longer it's real I mean the panic is real one I mean one example of a way that it's really you know affecting my family is that my 90 year old grandmother fell in a nursing home last week she broke her hip she had to be rushed to um, emergency surgery And she has dementia so she already is very confused all of the time but now she's on serious pain medications and she's even more confused she's super down she doesn't know where she is she doesn't know what's happening she's in major pain and now my mom isn't able to visit her because the visitation has been taken away to try and stop the spread um, which I understand it makes sense I understand why these closures are happening I understand why visitation is now I mean it's not even limited it's it's not completely you know my mom isn't able to visit her at all and she's alone and scared and confused and it's it's horrible I mean it would be bad enough with the situation without (laughs) this pandemic and her being all alone and not able to be visited then my sister is in California and there might be a California travel ban and she is really worried about something happening to my grandmother and her being stuck in California not being able to come home. Um, you know, it, it's affecting people in this way. It's making a bad situation worse, it's making people feel isolated and be isolated and Obviously, she's also more susceptible to getting coronavirus if it's going around the rehab center, um, and it could honestly it could be the thing that kind of puts her over the edge. And it there you know there are high stakes and it's scary. It's really scary for people, and it's just making bad situations worse. So that's one thing that's been happening over this past week. Um, I'm not even really having to deal with that. My mom is the one who is really like bearing the brunt of. Seeing it firsthand and now not even being able to be there with her um, but yeah so I, I just want to say that I understand the panic it's really scary and you know even if even if you personally are not worried about getting the vi- if you don't feel that you are a, at high risk for getting this virus and and or you know dying from the virus um, just these kind of closures, like what I just explained with my grandmother essentially being separated from my mother, um, it's scary. It is. Um, and then obviously also if you are someone who is at high risk for getting coronavirus or from having complications, it's even scarier. So I just want to acknowledge, oh my God, Siri has been listening to me this whole time and is trying to talk back to me this is what she just said wait wait oh she thought I said hey Siri wait this is so weird I didn't even know I had hey Siri on she thought I said hey Siri what is up and then obviously if you were some of his at high risk so she was listening to me talk this is so weird I'm freaked out this is what she said though who are the never mind what she said is not helpful so it doesn't matter Okay, well, let's get back on track here. Um, Let's get back to the questions. I think I got off track and let's get back on track. So somebody said, I bought lots of food, but have not been eating it. Is this an ED flare up? Is this an eating disorder flare up? Is this disordered eating? Um, So basically this person, was saying that they bought lots of food to stock up for a potential quarantine, but they haven't been eating it. So I'm making assumptions about what this person is going through. I'm assuming this person isn't actually quarantined, but is just preparing. Um, so I honestly think that it's not necessarily disordered eating that you're not eating it. I mean, if you think it is, then it might be. But the other thing is that there is just the very real fear that if you eat the non-perishable food now that you may not have it later when you really need it. So there is a logic to not wanting to eat the food that you're stockpiling. So what I think is do what you can to get non-perishable food just as a buffer, as a way to let yourself know that you will be okay if and when you need to go into a self-quarantine. But in the meanwhile, see if you can, you know, keep buying food for yourself now so you can eat fresh food now and keep replenishing that as much as you can, but just making sure that you have the stores of the non-perishables and dense food so you know that you're okay. If there is any imposed quarantine or if you get sick, um, this is an unusual circumstance. And it's also bringing up this kind of like, oh my God, this is what people in, in you know, with imposed food scarcity, that's not from dieting. This is how people feel. This is how people react in a famine. They They food hoard and you ration, and you overthink it, and you feel a little bit desperate around food, and it can absolutely bring up emotional eating, a binge eating, sort of stress eating, this almost, you know, that may be a response to this kind of imposed restriction, but it also is a really normal, it's a very like normal biological response especially to food restriction. Oh my God, I am hearing, what's wrong with everyone? I'm hearing uh, St. Patty's Day, like yelling, basically. I live really close to a, what you would call a maybe like a party street. I live next to a party street. And I thought that people would stay home today, and be smart, stay safe in your little bed. But instead they're out at bars, getting their their breath all over everyone. And spreading around the coronavirus and screaming. I don't know why I'm surprised. Um, all right, let me answer the next question, which I already kind of started talking about. Someone said, I find myself food hoarding and stress eating with the coronavirus panic. Is this a bad sign? Is this a sign that I'm, you know, not recovered anymore or that I'm still in the weeds? What can I do about it? How to think about it? So I think this is really interesting, actually. I think we can sort of very neutrally just notice how this food insecurity is affecting our relationship with food. And if it's making us panic, just notice how related food insecurity is with food obsession and binging and be kind to yourself because it's normal. Like It is so normal that people are panicking. It's so normal that people are feeling kind of nervous around food and feeling kind of desperate around food and maybe having flare-ups of more compulsive eating or having flare-ups of of a past relationship with food that they felt like they had moved past. This is like a real, this is like a legitimate stressor and and it really is a way to mimic what would happen in a real food shortage, which this is in some ways, um, and famine. This is also a really good opportunity to see the benefit of dense foods and the frivolity of diet foods lettuce and low-calorie vegetables and low-calorie foods are not going to get you through a food shortage. Like if you had your fridge stocked with lettuce and celery and bell peppers and maybe hummus is like the densest thing you have and um, you know your pantries are stocked with like seaweed and you know just low calorie snacks like how fucking far is that gonna get you not far it's not a good you know in investment right now it's really not and of course like what we ideally want is a varied diet and we want to be able to eat you know fruit and vegetables if we can and until you don't have access anymore you know we don't know what's gonna happen but I think focusing on eating fresh foods now but really just knowing that you have your kind of stockpile of non-perishable foods will help you relax it'll help you relax around this and if you are having trouble actually accessing those things if you really aren't able to find food to stockpile, if, you, if your grocery store is really out of the non-perishables. I mean, yeah, that's really scary. That's scary. And I don't know what you should do because I don't know where you should find it, but I think allowing yourself the space to panic and notice the panic and understand why it's happening and just be really kind to yourself. I think that that's, you know, no matter no matter what happens, I think that that is an important part of this process because don't beat yourself up for panicking. Don't panic about the panic. Um, you're allowed to be stressed like it's okay that we're that we're kind of going through it right now because this is something that we have never experienced before and we don't you know we have this sense of I don't know what's gonna happen I I, I feel like that way for me I don't feel that I'm at risk from really suffering from corona though of course I could pass it around and so I want to take all the precautions that I can but my panic I think is you know what's gonna happen is there going to be a an imposed or mandated quarantine? Am I going to you know start showing symptoms and have to immediately sort of self quarantine? And do I have enough food for that? And what will I do if X Y Z happens? How will I walk my dog? Like what like what is that really going to look like for me? Um, and there's a lot of unknown there, and it feels very. Um, Feels very limiting, and it feels um, it it does feel scary because you don't feel like you have control anymore, and you don't know what that's going to look like. And so, I just want to acknowledge anyone who's listening's panic, because we're allowed to be anxious when we don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think that's an important place to start. The other thing is, so we just need to also notice how scarcity mentality affects our relationship to everything, like toilet paper. And then also know that food scarcity has an even more biological response than just the mental fear of not having toilet paper. So people are freaking out about toilet paper. It's impossible to find toilet paper right now because people are hoarding it, they're buying it en masse, we're petrified that we're gonna be stuck inside and not have it, and it is an essential item but that's just the mental part. That's just the mental part of the scarcity. With food, there is an even more biological starvation response that happens that is totally tied in with the mental piece. Um, so just just be aware of that. Just understand that responding to this panic um, with hoarding and binging is a perfectly normal and reasonable response. And the more that you can understand that the better and the less panic about the panic that there will be. So I have also said on Instagram, You know i so i posted the other day let me bring it up because i don't even remember what i posted i posted good news eating food and sleeping are both really good for your immune system and then the caption said wash your hands stock up on dense non-perishable foods for your kitchen practice social distancing decide you love it and keep it up for the next two years follow your heart stay safe um of course someone was like is this going to happen for two years and like that was the joke part of it but whatever it's people it's hard to tell what's happening i guess you write something on the internet but um someone also asked what do you mean by dense foods and i said you will have we already talked about this in an earlier question but you will have a better time being quarantined if you need to be quarantined or self-quarantined with non-perishable calorically dense foods as opposed to for instance lettuce so that's just you know an example but other examples of dense foods that aren't terribly expensive are peanut butter, rice, potatoes, other greens, canned foods, frozen meat. I mean, that I, I don't think that frozen meat is cheap, but um, frozen foods obviously are going to last a lot longer. And obviously fruits and vegetables are great and we should buy them and eat them while we can. But again, lettuce isn't gonna get you through a quarantine so this is an opportunity to look at how all of the foods that we're so scared of on diets are actually the things that are going to help us fucking survive if there is an actual crisis which is what is happening right now and i think that there is an opportunity for healing when we can just like see that firsthand from a new perspective that is one of the silver linings of this entire experience from the perspective Of healing your relationship with food so someone also shared with me um through my messages on instagram they said can we just point out the irony of how this carb fearing diet culture society is now buying up all the pastas beans flowers etc i know it's because they're shelf stable but let's respect the fact that carb heavy foods have gotten entire populations through famines and maybe they aren't as evil as they've been made out to be yes exactly this exactly this. If nothing else, if absolutely nothing else, and I want to acknowledge people's panic and I want to acknowledge, you know, the severity of how contagious this is and how quickly it's moving around with people being asymptomatic. But if nothing else, can we let this be a sort of perspective shifting moment to see food as essential and to see dense food as something that's actually a good thing and something that is going to help us to survive and therefore thrive and continue on in this cruel cruel world all right this is what i have to say i have so i have so much more to say i have so much more planned out but uh before i do that i need to take a pause and i need to eat my lunch because it's been a day and it's been a week so it's important that I eat so I can gather strength and I'll be back oh my god so of course I got distracted put some food in the oven to warm it up came up here recorded a lot of the podcast went down took it out of the oven and noticed that it was completely burnt because I didn't set a timer and I left it in for too long and I did have a thought where I was like oh no Oh no I can't afford to waste food I burnt it I completely burnt it and I can't eat it and so I had to put something else in the oven to heat up and now I better set an alarm 18 minutes 18 minutes okay so you know yeah that's that right there is a manifestation of I would have been mad at myself before like wow you fucking wasted this food but now I'm like oh no now I have even less food to get me through. I mean, it's fine, but it is a manif- it's a tiny little manifestation of the panic of a global pandemic, you know? All right. So while I'm waiting for that to heat up, I'm going to continue this hungry for a little while longer. And I would like to take a moment right now to talk about BetterHelp, help, which is a sponsor of the fuck a diet podcast. So this is even more timely now, but BetterHelp is online counseling, which means that if you've been wanting to go to therapy or find a new therapist, but feel daunted by going out into (laughs) a world that might infect you with coronavirus, there's another way to do it. You can find a therapist to help you work through all of your anxiety, including coronavirus anxiety without leaving your house. As I said, BetterHelp is online counseling and you can get help on your own time and at your own pace with a licensed counselor chosen for your specific needs. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus you have unlimited access to chat and text with your therapist, which is really cool. You can get therapy in the comfort of your own home, which is not only the dream and my dream for normal life, but it's a very safe solution right now, honestly. Uh, The best part is that if you are not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time. No additional charge, which is really important because not every therapist is the right fit. And that can be a really daunting, one of the really daunting parts of trying to find a new therapist in the first place and then having to figure out how to communicate that it's not a fit anymore. It's, It's a thing. So this is a really helpful, supportive way to do that. BetterHelp is affordable, it is convenient, it is secure, it is good for for self-quarantining and self-isolation, and financial aid is available to those who qualify. So if you've been thinking of going to therapy or finding a new therapist, even amidst this freaky pandemic, this is one of the easiest ways to get the help you deserve while staying safe in your home. It is a truly affordable option for therapy, plus my listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code TFID, which is the fuck it diet. Go to betterhelp.com slash TFID. You're going to simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs, and I recommend putting in the notes that you would like a health at every size informed practitioner because you are dealing with disordered eating and you will get matched with a counselor and start communicating in under 24 hours. That is betterhelp.com slash TFID. Go get your therapy and stay safe from the coronavirus. <sighs> um, so how, what do I wanna say? I'm, I'm, I'm very hungry, but my food is coming if I don't burn this one too. So I canceled my trainer today. I don't know if you've heard me talk about this before, but. After avoiding the gym gym, like the real gym, for seven years, um, which I think was a great choice to avoid the gym for seven years, and I just focused on doing things that were more fun and walking and yoga and stuff when I felt up for it. Um, I have a trainer who I love, and he's so chill, and we don't talk about food, and we don't talk about weight, and it's all about just strength, and I basically go once a week or less, <laughs> basically um and i had i was supposed to go today and i canceled i can't canceled because i am self-isolating um and also i am supposed to have therapy on monday and it is a question and i don't you know i have an in-person therapist um, because i didn't know about better help back when i finally found her after two other therapists that were not a fit But um, I have her on Monday, and I really, really, really love her. And I usually, before I'm going, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm gonna talk about today. But this time, I really, I definitely know what I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about my crazy fucking weird week that happened this past week, um, that I will share a little bit more about later on in this episode. But I don't know whether I should go. Like, I don't know whether I should go. I don't know if she is still up and running. I don't know if maybe, I guess maybe we could do like a phone. But I, yeah, I don't know. So it's definitely a thing that I'm thinking about and that I'm trying to figure out what is an overreaction and what is just a really nice precautionary measure. Because again, it's not really about me. It's about what it means to kind of be operating out in the world and spread maybe potentially spreading it around and not knowing that you're spreading it around. Um, I'm personally trying to just practice, you know, light social distancing besides the second date that I went on last night, which was truly the craziest thing I've ever done in my entire life and I can't believe myself. I don't even know myself. Um, I don't even know if I like myself. Just kidding. I like myself. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I'm trying to practice social distancing now that I'm back to my usual routine. I'm trying to practice way more frequent hand washing with soap, warm water, singing myself a little song. Actually, I don't actually do the song singing thing. I just try to do it long enough. And I'm doing a very bad job of not touching my face, honestly. I, I, I am touching my face... Uh, way before I even realize I'm touching my face. So that's the part that if I could do it, I would do it, but I don't even realizing it. I don't even realize I'm touching my face. So doing a bad job of that part. Um what else do I want to say? So we should probably talk about how diet culture is co-opting this panic. So of course diet culture is jumping in on this. And there's so much talk about obesity being a risk factor or people are saying don't forget about our other bigger epidemic obesity um, so I want to share with you Christy Harrison's just short little um, tweet thread tweeter tweeter <laughs> tweeter thread <laughs> Twitter thread um, Christy Harrison is the author of anti-diet she is an amazing anti-diet dietitian she has her own wonderful podcast Food Psych. There's a lot of science there. Um, She was on my podcast a couple episodes ago, and this is what she said today on Twitter. Is it today? No, yesterday. She said, "FYI about the science on the supposed correlation between body size and coronavirus from PubMed." So she searched COVID-19 obesity, and it says, "We're sorry, but there were no items found for your search. We couldn't find any items matching the search COVID." 19, obesity please try another search she said sure not a lot of research yet in general but still seven results for um, cardiovascular disease that was me taking a pause being like CBD is that COVID or is that cardiovascular disease but so she searched COVID-19 cardiovascular disease and seven items came up eight items for COVID-19 and diabetes uh, she said cardiovascular disease and diabetes do seem to be risk factors for this illness. But at this point, people are making an unsubstantiated leap from that to body size because of fat phobia and diet culture. She said, of course, even if a higher weight does eventually turn out to be a risk factor, we can't separate BMI from the effects of weight stigma and weight cycling. Both of these things put stress on the body in ways that we know predict poor outcomes for chronic disease and even some forms of cancer. So this is just, again, I think it's really good to just have awareness that this is something that's gonna happen, that there's going to be the spearmongering. mongering. There's gonna be almost the sense that if you just eat the right diet and if you eat a certain way, you're gonna make your immune system perfect and you're gonna become immune. And there's just no way to diet away the pandemic. In fact, under-eating and forcing yourself under the set range where your body wants to be, where your body's weight wants to be, is bad for you and bad for your immune system and may make you more susceptible. So, and especially weight cycling is also really bad for us. So, just keep that in mind whenever you see anything that's triggering or diet culture around this pandemic, anything that's fear mongering about weight or eating a perfect diet. And this hope I mean, this is what diets and, and wellness culture does all the time. They're like, we know you're scared if you just buy this plant or buy this food or you know, eat this specific way and buy this diet book, you are going to be so much safer than everybody else. And we all want to be safe. I mean, it's, we're all panicking. So we're all looking for something to feel like we're going to be okay. But that is a really manipulative way to get you to die. But to die, oh my God, I did not mean to say that. I think I'm just really hungry. And thankfully, my alarm for my food is gonna go off and it's not gonna burn and I'm gonna get to eat but what I'm really trying to say is people are vulnerable right now and they're scared and selling miracle cures is something that is gonna pop up in response to this and just have a critical eye and see through it and know that you can't diet away the pandemic and lettuce is not gonna be a big help to you if you are quarantined for two weeks yeah like I bought lettuce I'm hoping to eat some salads you know later today (laughs) but if that was all I had like that is not gonna get me through it's not enough food it's not enough food obviously all right I'm gonna go down and get my non-burned food and I will be back with more oh my food was great and it wasn't burnt and I am back so let's just take a moment to talk about stress because stress really is bad for our immune system and I personally just had one of the most stressful weeks of my life, so I'm not trying to say don't be stressed, but I did try and remember as much as I could that a couple deep breaths will go a very long way, and trying to prioritize sleep, I was having such a hard time sleeping too because I was stressed, but just prioritizing it and understanding how important it is will go a long way as well, and yesterday I was trying to nap because I was so tired, and I'm horrible at napping, I don't fall asleep, the reason that I focus on rest so much is because I'm not great at rest and I have to really prioritize it and and learn how to be better at it all of the time. Um, I didn't fall asleep, but I did finally get to a very relaxed state. And even though I was frustrated that I wasn't falling asleep, I just reminded myself, look, you are so much more relaxed right now than you were an hour and a half ago before you took the snap when you were stressed and thinking about a million things and overtired, and so even a little bit goes a long way. The other thing is if you're panicking, identifying your core fears, or as I call them limiting beliefs in the book as well, will be very helpful. What is the core panic that you're feeling? Are you afraid of getting the virus? Are you afraid for your high-risk child or parent? Are you afraid you don't have enough toilet paper? (laughs) Are you afraid of having to eat calorically dense non-perishables? I'm sure that's happening for some people actually being forced to face food that is going to be helpful for a quarantine, but that they might still be afraid of. Um, are you afraid of having disordered thoughts pop up? Are you afraid or sad that something you really wanted to do will be canceled? There are a lot of different things that are going on and without identifying what the actual fear is or what the actual core belief is that's happening the fear and kind of the panic will be a lot more powerful and overwhelming than it'll be if we can at least have a little bit of clarity on what's actually going on what are we actually afraid of and then within our power what can we do about it what can we do to support ourselves what can we tell ourselves that will calm ourselves down um, I think a brain dump stream of consciousness writing exercise is really, really helpful to identify what our core fears are. This is something that I talk about in the Fuck it Diet book a lot, so if you haven't read the book, I recommend that you read it. If you have read the book, go back and look at those big tools because those are things that are going to help this panic as well. Allow food, do the lie down, which is good for your stress response, do the brain dump, Breathe and feel, feel the emotions and the panic that's coming up as opposed to pushing it away. And do work on the limiting beliefs. Those things will help. Those things will help you get clarity. It will help you come back into your body. It will help the stress response. And it's scary. It's scary. I mean, recovering from disordered eating is scary. Recovering from yo-yo dying and Dieting is scary and a global pandemic and major closures and, you know, things not being accessible and being separated from your 90 year old mother who has dementia, all of this is, these are scary things. So the more that we can just support ourselves and be kind to ourselves and meet ourselves where we are, I think the better. I also would like to talk about maybe some tiny, teeny, tiny little bright sides so one of the bright sides that we've already talked about is that we can reframe calorically dense food in this moment it is easy to see why and how carbs and uh just any dense food any calorically dense food is going to help us get through honestly honestly is going to help us get through a quarantine and any sort of food shortage So just that reframe alone, I think, will be helpful. All all we can do is just take steps and try and be responsible and remember that even if this gets really bad and overruns hospitals and, you know, has devastating effects, which it absolutely already is in certain areas and it could, it will end eventually. It will. And I'm not trying to be flippant at all because I understand that people that are at high risk, you know, could have devastating outcomes. And I know that people can die from this, but this is a period that is going to get difficult, but it's not going to last forever. And I think that that's something that is important to just remember while it's happening. Another thing that can be really helpful is if you're really panicking and you're sick of getting updates that are just kind of like fueling the panic, please lock off of social media. Please take time away. Please do something that. Is supportive that makes you feel good that allows you to calm down to process your stress to process your emotions stretch gentle movement go for a walk um, and you know just allow yourself to have a little bit of time to get away from the media hype cycle because it is it is feeding panic, and yes, it needs to be taken seriously. But there's no need to feed panic when you're already panicked. Um, so just remember that. Wash your hands. Just wash your hands. Just, just you'll be able to tell yourself, look, I'm doing what I can do. I'm washing my hands often, and, um, you know, that's one. It's one very simple thing that we can do. So if you're doing that, you can calm down a little. I'm, I'm doing one of the things. You know. Reach out to friends on the phone or FaceTime if you can't see people in person, if you're quarantined or if you're thinking that maybe you should be limiting social contact, you should still reach out and have some connection to people because it'll help. It'll help everyone get through and it'll help your stress and it'll help calm you down and it'll bring some joy Um, and you can commiserate over how weird everything is. You can read a book you've been meaning to read. You can watch your favorite TV shows. You can prioritize sleep and rest because it does help our immune system. Again, and I've said this a million times, take another opportunity to realize how helpful calorically dense foods are, especially in a situation like this. The other thing that you can do that might make you feel good, especially if you can afford it, which I know not everyone can, but this is affecting the economy and it's scary. All of those things are really scary and it's also going to affect small businesses and people in the service industry and also people in the arts. And a lot of it's gonna affect the people who are living paycheck to paycheck most. So if you can afford it, one small thing you can do is you can go to a small business in your area and you can buy a gift card. Say it's a restaurant or a little store, a gift card and you can use it once the risk has passed Um, you can tip service industry people a little bit higher than you usually do because they're probably not having as many customers you can donate to the arts you can check on your elderly neighbors those are things that you can do if you have the time the money the resources and you feel a little bit helpless and you want to feel like you're giving back and supporting sort of the the community because Everyone is suffering in a different way. Everyone is having this affect their lives in different ways, and it's not always just the virus. It's it's having a ripple effect on people's livelihoods and uh, people like my grandmother in a rehab place who doesn't know what's happening to her. So the little things that we can do it will also probably help our own panic if we can help someone else all right i would like to take a moment to answer a question that is not about coronavirus but is a question from someone who supports the fuck a diet on patreon and people who support on patreon get prioritized question answering so this is the prioritized question of this week from patreon and this is what the question asks i just stopped restricting three days ago I am bloated and uncomfortable in my body I'm not feeling hungry because I'm so bloated and I am terrified that I won't eat and I'll keep myself in famine mode so this is just the beginning of the question but I want to take a moment to say that three days in is very early and you are in a very physically uncomfortable phase gastrointestinal symptoms in the very beginning are extremely normal and yes they're very uncomfortable but there's nothing that is unusual or necessarily wrong about what's happening to you the fact that you're bloated and uncomfortable doesn't mean that anything's wrong and it is something that will probably pass in time and it does for a lot of people especially the intensity you know I'm never gonna go out there and say that the fuck a diet and eating a lot of food cures all IBS symptoms because that's not true, but it does clear up a lot, and it makes sense that after a lot of restriction, refeeding yourself food that you're not used to eating or larger quantities is going to be something that your body needs to adjust to. So just keep that in mind. And you also said that you're terrified that because you're uncomfortable and don't want to eat that you're going to keep yourself in famine mode. So while that is true, that if we stop eating again, our body kind of goes back into the state that it was before, there is no need to add extra panic here. I, I would like this episode to be a let's minimize the panic. There's going to be inherent panic, but let's not panic about the panic and let's not add to the panic unnecessarily. Um, don't be terrified. Be so compassionate with yourself. You are trying to yourself and help yourself and heal yourself and your body is responding in a way that's making you feel super uncomfortable and you're allowed to just sort of ride that and be like look I'm going to do the best that I can do I'm going to eat as much and the best that I can eat I'm going to see how this morphs and changes over the next couple of days and the next couple weeks and I assure you that it really probably will morph and change over the next couple of days and weeks um, but I understand that sort of the way that I frame healing in the book and even on this podcast is you know if you under eat you are putting yourself into a crisis which is true but if you're uncomfortable and you know what I like my past week has been so weird and I've been so stressed and I've not been food has not sounded good to me and I've had like a lot of trouble eating and I've, I've had GI stuff this past week that I don't usually have and I think it's at least partially are you kidding me that my phone sound is still on um my GI stuff has been at least partially stress, at least partially stress related and it made sense to me in the moment that you know I'm kind of like have this aversion to a lot of food because I'm so stressed um and I do have in the back of my mind Caroline like you don't want to get into a state where you're like, st- and and I have this thing where if I haven't eaten enough during the day, I cannot sleep. So I'm stressed all day, like high, high, high stress, just with the combination of all the crazy things that have gone on this past week, coronavirus included. Um, But I know myself and I know my body and I know that if I don't eat, I will not sleep. So I've been like really noticing how hungry I am while I'm not able to sleep and like oh my god and then like trying to eat like in the middle of the night or super late just so I can fall asleep and it's been really sucky um and I'm trying to you know just remind I I'm trying to force myself to eat um as often as I can uh, because I know how important it is I know how it helps my stress actually it's this like catch 22 and it helps my sleep and if I'm starving and not sleeping I'm only going to be more stressed and it feeds itself Um, but as soon as I start panicking about the panic that I'm already experiencing that's just putting us further into the cycle Um, so as much as we possibly can just be super kind to yourself trust that things morph and change nothing stays the same forever and that this is a phase that you're going to work through she continues her question by saying oh shoot i just lost it of course where did it go oh sorry she continues by saying my worst fear is that i will eat my way back to a really high weight that i used to be before i reach my set point I get the concept of accepting the body at any size, but I've been a very high weight and it it is hard to be that marginalized. What can I tell myself to get me through my doubt that the healing will come? Well, I think the most important thing to remind yourself is that you do deserve to get to a stable place with food and you deserve that no matter what. And your fear of being in a very marginalized body is absolutely legitimate. And so I really do recommend following as many larger-bodied people and fat activists as you can to remember, to constantly remember and see reflected back to you that you deserve peace, you deserve healing, your body deserves compassion and food and rest, and that healing is possible and worth it. Um, As much as you possibly can, just come back to being kind to yourself being kind to yourself for the position that you're in, for the fear that you have, for the experience that you've had, for how hard it is to be in a marginalized body and really acknowledge that your fear is very legitimate but that you still deserve peace. Um, So this is sort of like a two-part question because The first part was about being bloated and uncomfortable and then being afraid that that's going to actually affect the process, which my answer is just trust and keep going and see how it morphs and changes. And the next part is how to kind of stay on course and do this healing when it, it's so scary and triggering and it brings up so many other things and it's not as simple as the way you feel about your body it is also the way the world treats you Um, so I would say just follow as many people who you feel that you can relate to and get inspiration from them find peace from them have those people remind you that you deserve healing and you deserve peace with food really, really, truly um, I hope that that was helpful. And I hope, you know, you asked this question a couple days ago, so it's been more than three days. Um, I hope that uh, things have begun to shift a little bit already. All right, back to coronavirus. Earlier today, I got an email from my, uh, from my vet from the VCA Animal Healing Center. And they were talking all about the coronavirus and pets because there was a time when they were saying that dogs could get it or that dogs could carry it and pass it along. And this is what they said. Question, what is the coronavirus's impact on pet health? Can dogs or cats get COVID-19? And they said, based on what we know currently, there is limited evidence to support any risk of COVID-19 to your pet and no evidence that you are at risk from your pet. That is great news is it true honestly I don't fucking know I've heard a million different things about dogs at this point dogs and cats but that's what my vet is saying and therefore that is what I'm gonna believe for now because that gives me the least amount of panic right now also my dog is terrible at social distancing (laughs) she just wants to get right up on your face okay so I don't even know how I would keep her away if I if I tried The next question is, what if my pet is not feeling well or is showing signs of flu-like illness? If your pet is showing any signs of illness, such as coughing, sneezing, or lethargy, that's right, right, it's not lethargy. Lethargy, yeah, 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 lethargic, lethargy, call us immediately and keep them indoors to prevent further spread. Signs of illness in dogs and cats are usually associated with various common viral and bacterial infections, like kennel cough or canine flu, and are most likely not the coronavirus. Or transmissible to people so if you had any fear about your pet or dogs out in the world who want to come up to you and lick your hand and then you freak out because you're not next to a sink to wash your hands and you don't have the hand sanitizer you probably don't need to worry about pets so again let's just minimize panic in any and always The other thing, so my family was supposed to go to Spain at the end of April, which obviously is still more than a month away. But at this point, apparently Spain has just uh, declared a state of national emergency. I I don't, I have no idea where this is going to be in a month. And of course, my poor dad, who was like, you know, this was like a special trip for everyone. It was going to be expensive. He spent all this money on airfare for everybody and he doesn't know what's going to happen with it or he doesn't know what we're supposed to do or what's possible and I don't know how easy it is to be refunded so this sucks I mean it's just enough, and again this is not the end of the world but it is a, potentially a lot of lost money and a really special family vacation that's probably not going to happen honestly um, so yeah it's affecting it's affecting a lot of things and it's affecting things in ways that we can't even really foresee yet Okay, so I took a break. Molly is now back home, so she may be very distracting. And also my friend, who's also a therapist, is going to be coming over, and I wanted to have a chat with her about coronavirus, but it made her very nervous, so we'll see what what happens. Um, It made her very nervous to just, like, the prospect of being on a podcast. I told her that the stakes were low, and we would figure it out. It's not that big of a deal. But I do want to share... Oh, they're here. They're here. Okay, hold on. Um, are you here? Hi! <laughs> oh! Hi! I'm literally recording right now. Oh. Hi! <laughs>
1: it's crazy on South Street. It is St. Patty's.
0: So you've yeah. just come in contact with coronavirus, and now you're bringing it to me.
1: Um, I washed my hands before I left.
0: Okay, so I'm sitting here with my friend Katie. She's eating an ice cream. Yes, it's wonderful. Rita's. Rita's. That's just a Philly thing, isn't it? I, I don't know. I don't actually. know either. Our dogs water are, are doing... It's Water But that's not water, water. rice. Water. But that is not water well, rice. Well, this is a blendini. Yeah. It's like soft serve. It's soft serve plus
1: water ice mixed together. Blended. That's weird. (laughs) blending
0: So Katie lives on my block. Uh, We met through our dogs, really. Yes. And our dogs are having a play date that will probably be, like, a little bit annoying in the background, but there's really nothing we can do about it. No, they're wholesome, so just imagine two <laughs> wholesome sweet angel dogs playing.
1: And you're welcome.
0: It's true. So I asked Katie to chat with me in the pod. I don't know why. I just was like, I don't, I just want one other person to just, like, weigh in. I'm you here. Know. I'm here to weigh no, she's in. she's here. It's a Saturday night. Everyone's out for St. Patrick's Day, well. except... Not the people. smart people. Set, set the smart people. <laughs> but what I want to do to start off this conversation that doesn't have to be very serious, because I've literally, look, it's 57 minutes. I've been talking about coronavirus this whole time. Oh, what have you been <laughs> saying? <laughs> I suppose I'll I should listen you, to you. <laughs> okay. Sorry. We had to pause. We had to see how loud the dogs were. They are loud. They're still loud. It doesn't matter. I would like to read <laughs> you something to start us off. And it's from somebody who's in the quarantine area in italy and that is the place i mean that's the place where it's really going down and we're able to see like the really scary it's it's very scary and that there aren't there aren't enough um there aren't enough beds there aren't enough there isn't enough equipment and it's scary like it really is scary however i would just like to share this from someone In the lockdown in Italy I live in Italy and we are in lockdown since a week because of coronavirus honestly for me the silver lining is that the food stores bring us food whenever we need it and I can still take walks with my dog short ones but at least we're allowed to take them
1: yeah
0: because normally nobody is allowed to leave the house without a very good reason so dogs dogs will be like dogs are a very good reason okay this is like really nice to hear and we have beautiful weather, so we can sit outside on our terrace, reading in the sunshine and Ugh. everything. I take this time at home to take care of me, my dog, and our apartment, because in your daily life, with work and everything, we are just too busy to really take care of things. I want to cry. Aww. It's beautiful. I wish you a lot of health and positive... I wish you all a lot of health and a positive mindset. And don't panic if it should come to a lockdown in your state. It's not so bad when you have the right mindset. Oh,
1: that's beautiful. Wonderful. Thank you. It's nice. Did you see that um, video of the Italians on their balconies? No. Oh my gosh, Caroline, there's this really, I wish I could find it. I'll I'll show it to you later. There's this video of everyone in lockdown in Italy. And there's like a a central gallery, I guess, that they're all looking in on. And so they've all come out on their balconies and they're singing. And like, there's a a man playing the accordion. It's so cute. They're all singing like this beautiful, um, you know, Italian
0: song and it made my heart Do you swell. know what that reminds me of, what? which is like really stupid, but it reminds me of the Grinch that stole Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> <All the farts. laughs> yeah. Like finding the light in the darkness. Yes. So we are sitting around one microphone and our dogs are now sitting in between us <laughs> Right next to the microphone. Well,
1: they would like to weigh in as well. (laughs) Yes, they would.
0: They're having a great time. Nothing stopped for them. No. And we can walk them. That was a fear we had. That is a huge fear that I have. Molly, please get away. Please get away. Oh, my. Oh. Did you see that? What'd he do? He's like bitter head. I don't (laughs) know why. I don't know why he's mad at her. All right, you guys honestly love you so much, but you have to get off. Exit. I'm sorry. Get off. (laughs) Get off. And you will. I'll push. So here are some other I'm going to share with you and then we can talk about whatever we want. Some other silver linings that people shared with me. Oh, somebody also said, can we talk about the fact that people are still um, trying to search for their diet foods
1: um, oh, within no.
0: within emergency food shopping? Which is like oh. the thing, just like to have that perspective, no matter where you are yeah. in your relationship to food, in your in your journey healing food, you know, what an extra stressor to be afraid that you're going to have to go off your diet because yeah. of, you know, food shortage in a pandemic. And a, yeah. Like, like, that's a way unnecessary stress to and add I think, into this.
1: Yeah, I think maybe this could be a time that people could, it could be forcefully, you know, the idea of. Switching out of that mentality could be thrust upon them. Yes, like you don't have this option anymore. Exactly. And isn't, it, isn't it crazy to see
0: how somebody else said? Can you please talk about how, like, ironic that in our diet-obsessed culture and our culture that's so afraid of carbs that the yes. grains are like the thing that's yes. gone because we're all realizing that's the non-perishable food that's yes. actually going to keep us alive yeah. and keep us fed. And if I we... love bread. Exactly. Exactly. I have a couple loaves in my freezer.
1: Right right now just you know in case and i will be coming over because i have not yet gotten to the grocery store
0: yes well i i have enough food for you i think we'll be fine i have enough food for you and i also have an avocado for you Mm -hmm. to pay you back thank you oh god i ate one of her avocados the other day yeah um okay so this is some of the stuff that people are saying i asked for people's um silver linings and someone said that they didn't even consider stress eating, which I'm assuming is them saying, I used to eat in response to stress, and now that is not my coping mechanism yeah. anymore, which is something that we actually talked about yes, the other day. We did. Remember? I, I can stress eat. I certainly can do that. And I brought up the perspective that when you are have a difficult relationship with food or you have a restrictive relationship with food, stress eating and compulsive eating and emotional eating is a more effective drug. Like, it it is more of a drug because it's something that we feel, it gives us this great relief because we have this, like, tenuous relationship with it. So... to that I said, well, that's more to unpack in therapy. (laughs) (laughs) So this is, this is my friend who is a therapist. Yes. Who also has a therapist because that's... Every
1: therapist has a therapist. Yes,
0: which is great. I mean, it's, it would be scary if they didn't. Yes. Because we all have problems, you know, man? No, I'm perfect. Um... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> there was even a time when I, I said to Katie, I was like, should I talk to my therapist about this? And Katie said, no, keep your image pure. <laughs> and I think she was kidding, but I'm not sure. Oh, uh, half and half. Half and half. Everything's a little half and half. Um, I just want to find some cool stuff that people said, but it's kind of hard uh, uh, to find it because people sent so many things. Like someone said, hi there, the fuck a diet. Please like my last post fuck you man that's mm-hmm. that's not someone really writing into me no that's yes. that's like a bot that we when don't, you do we don't want the bots we don't want the bots there are a lot of people who are just like hi the fuck it diet it's like you're a bot shut up um it's too hard i sh- i can think of a silver lining oh please you know
1: this this very difficult scary time i think has actually helped me feel closer to my family you know, because I'm worrying about them. Yeah. And, um, I've had several conversations this week with my parents about, you know, they're, well, they're both in the medical field, but just beyond that, my concern for them being in that 60 plus category. Yeah. And, you know, I think I do have a good relationship with my parents generally, not politics with my mother, but um. Right. You know, I, I could see this as a way of kind of taking a step back from maybe personal differences between family members and just going and reaching out to people, you know, with, with care and concern and love. Yes, like caring about their well-being. So yeah.
0: now I'm going to try and take away these toys. because Take probably, them all away. Have you ever been so loud in, my, in your entire life? Probably. Well, Henry's here too. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, it's like, Play with your friends. Like, don't get off your iPad and <laughs> yeah. play
1: with your friends. <laughs> yes. With the kids these days. You know what? I am going to hit this pen.
0: So did we talk yet about medical marijuana this time? Because we've done a couple recordings.
1: No, we have not. We have not.
0: All right. We well, both
1: have medical marijuana cards. Do they know that?
0: I don't remember. Okay.
1: So I have
0: mentioned, I think, it and you. I'm not gonna hit it because I won't be able to speak. I'll do it okay, afterwards. Well, you're new. You're <laughs> no, I'm a newbie, newbie, ba- baby newbie. Um, uh, yeah, and it's very clear that my therapist is also like super into it. She's like, "Yeah, definitely get your cards. See if it helps." <laughs> I love that. And I was like, I went, to, I went, <laughs> I went to her after like the first couple days of experimenting, and I was like, "I don't know if it helps my sleep. I, I, I just don't know. Just, I just don't know." And she's yeah. like, "Well, you can keep experimenting with it." And I yeah. was like, what? You're allowed to. And she was like, yeah, and just think about how fun that is. You get to experiment and get high. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to get high.
1: <laughs> Not always. Please, God. Strike that from the record. <laughs>
0: um, and, well, you know, consider. there's a, there's nuance here, right? Because well, yes. a lot of people who have eating disorders also have substance abuse issues. And it is another way to distract And it is also a way like with alcohol, it can become a way, like the only way that people let themselves eat. And so they're definitely like this is not a blanket statement. There are definitely times and people and instances where it really isn't helpful for healing. But yeah, um, at the same time, everyone's different.
1: Everyone's different, yeah. I mean my I I have struggled with trying to discern if I'm binging or if it's because I had smoked and there's you know I'm starting to enjoy food a lot more now right. whoa that right. that that munchie is kicking in but you know I'm trying not to judge myself mm-hmm. for for wanting food regardless yeah exactly and it's, it's a it's a difficult road
0: yeah, and a lot you know a lot of people actually reach out to me and they say well what about weed like what are your feelings on weed and eating and the munchies and I don't know I honestly yeah. don't know because I don't I don't have a history of smoking. So I, I don't have a sense of yeah. like where it lies with myself. Yes. And so with alcohol, I always say like, look, you really need food when you drink alcohol. Yeah. So that's part of it. Look at like eating when you're drinking as like a way to actually support your body and yeah. like not get too drunk. And nourish it and And you know, also yeah. understand that like if you've had a lot to drink, you also need food. Yes. You know what I mean? So, like, just understand that way. Like, it's I'm not saying that alcohol is good or bad. I'm saying if this is the case and you are drinking and getting really hungry, there is a very good reason for it, and so you should trust that. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to speak to that for weed, necessarily. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't. I mean, I I
1: think regardless of being under the influence or not, you're probably going to have those hunger cues. Mm Mm-hmm no matter what, but it's much more difficult to try, like I said, like try to discern, okay, is this something that I should put thought and consideration into or is it really just,
0: shit, I'm high. (laughs) You know, I just had a thought though. Well, right, so lowering the stakes with food and snacking in general is helpful, but I just realized, honestly, I can't believe I haven't thought of this yet, but in the past month when I have been – A medical marijuana girl. (laughs) Um, Only at night, you know, because the two times that I've done it in the afternoon, I've texted Katie over and over again being like, I do not like this. I don't think this is a good way to live. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm I'm sipping on my weed pen being like, la la la. But I'm like, it just makes me want to just sit there. And I feel like it just makes me feel like I'm out of control. But um, I have been doing it often enough, like you know, often enough to see if it really is helpful with sleep and playing around with the dosages. I am not finding myself like eating a lot more than I usually do mm-hmm. and I think that that's because I have a hailed relationship with food. <gasps> oh, like yeah. I'm, I'll am i be like, I'm hungry, this tastes good, or I'm not hungry, like it almost sometimes makes me just not want to eat because I'd rather just sit there. Yeah. So I think without that underlying like, oh man, I really got to eat food. Yeah. Like, without the drama of that, even without yeah. having a substance, I honestly think, you know, and I, again, I, I'm nervous to, like, make a blanket statement, but that is well, something that I've noticed. Yourself,
1: yeah. Yeah, you're talking about
0: yourself. So I don't know. That's very interesting to
1: me. It just makes me kind of immobile. Well, yeah, be, you know, for you, it really does serve a function of helping you get to sleep yes. and enjoying the process <laughs> of getting sleepy. Yeah. Um, but you can also be very social, you know, when we smoke together. I think I've I've smoked since high school I started. And the munchies were always something I would look forward to. Like, you know, it was really social in mm. high school with mm-hmm. all of my friends. And we would all go to Wawa. And then that's a New Jersey.
0: Well, that's a, everything. It's a Philly. It, oh, not Philly. Yeah, it's a PA Jersey thing. Yeah. Wawa's, it's like a New York bodega, but not as good. Oh, God. Not as good. No, hey, (laughs) you tricked me. (laughs) Very good. Walla is overhyped and overrated. All right, well, I have to leave, Caroline.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it was social and it would be fun, but I think that that is an interesting point because while I feel like I have come a a very long way with my relationship with food, I certainly, you know, maybe weed gives me the permission to overeat quotes.
0: Or eat a lot. Or eat a lot. or Or really give into it. Give into it. I think you there's know, something there. I have to keep an eye on I think on there's this. something there. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing.
1: I think it's actually pointing to... Yeah. Well, it's also typically a lot at nighttime. And I am constantly combating this food rule that I have. You know, a lot of people probably have it. You know, if you eat, it stays in your stomach all night. And you wake up and you're... It's not, quote, healthy. And now I, I eat at night because I love to eat at night. My boyfriend can't go to bed without I a full
0: stomach. Are we? Am I the same person as your boyfriend? Because <laughs> well, I'm dating both of
1: you. <laughs> no, because
0: I, I, can, there is no way I will fall asleep if yeah. I'm even a tiny bit hungry. Yeah. it is. It is impossible. Yeah. And this past week, I've, I've been so nervous and not eating enough, and then it really slaps me in the stomach (laughs) when I'm (laughs) trying to get, I was going to say slaps me in the face, but it's really, it's and I, it's when I'm going to bed that I'm like, fuck, like this, there's no way for me to like exist and just be like, whatever, I'll eat more tomorrow and go to, like, I will not fall asleep.
1: No, no, that's, that's making me think of when I was really super disordered with, with eating and exercising and I would like, you know, follow that eating rule to a T, no food after 10. 10 is even a little too late. Some people do, like... But I'm a night owl. Right, right. So right, I, I'm up right. till like, 3, you know, especially at that time of right. my life when I was in grad school, you know, so I'd be hungry and yes. I remember going to bed and, like, feeling that emptiness in my stomach and being, like, just fight through it. You're, like, you know, it's a, it's kind of like a... Like it's healthy. Healthy. You believe it's that it's healthy. You believe bear. that it's yeah. good for you. you yeah, believe- and I wake up, I immediately would weigh myself and, right. like, get this stupid fucking rush yes of endorphins or that sh- earth shattering but you were able to glow. fall asleep i was able to fall asleep i would just
0: probably smoke weed <laughs> uh, <laughs> full circle oh yeah yeah i don't know yeah, yeah. you know, don't know see see there's a lot here my friends we started on the coronavirus now we're talking about weed oh yeah coronavirus yeah. <laughs> remember the coronavirus i you know i forgot for a minute <laughs> i did um what else Oh, well, do you want me to share some more silver linings from other people? And then maybe we can, like, um, either wrap up or talk about, um, I don't know. Why don't you read? I'm going to share a couple more silver linings from people. Where's my phone? Hello, phone, did where you did you go? Oh, over here. Oh, why? Molly. Molly? <laughs> Molly? <laughs> Molly, did you put this up on the shelf? <laughs> um okay let me I just, when you got up to move all their toys i know okay that makes more sense okay so so i asked people for some some silver linings of this the world shutting down essentially yeah because i think that's a thing that a lot of people are panicking about and upset about because as i said like it's a it is affecting things really negatively yeah um but some certainly someone said a lot more quality time with my family that's sort of like yeah. what you said yeah um, someone said I get to do school from home and save gas money and like be in my bed Yeah. <laughs> um, someone said I didn't eat all the food I brought home the moment I got home from the store uh, someone said the, the best the best memes ever <laughs> yes oh my gosh the memes <laughs> wow well, this has been great for the memes someone said time with my husband the same person who said best memes ever also said time with her husband so balance we like know? her we like her um, someone said, we all need a nap. Take one while we can. You know, I technically took a nap this morning. I you woke did. up
1: very early and then mm. fell back asleep. I
0: don't a, know a morning nap. morning nap. I don't
1: know either. But, you know, we make the rules. I, I slept and I loved it. And I was like, where am I going? You know, nothing to do. Nothing I to do. I felt weird being out at a restaurant last night.
0: Uh, well, I was out at <laughs> a restaurant last
1: night. I know, I know. But I hadn't until actually being
0: there, and then just being so hyper-aware of people around me. Well, the weird thing is that I really expected the restaurant to be dead. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was packed. Yeah. Which no, is very was odd. Too. So Where nobody's really doing... I went to Emmy Squared. Right. Yeah. And people I like couldn't it? eat. I was nauseous. But I think it was because I was having a bad time, but I'm not really sure. Maybe you were nervous? Maybe. Yes. I mean, I think I've been nervous the whole week, like, for a million reasons. So I think it was just oh, the yeah. comment. It was because I was sitting there and I was like, oh no, like, why didn't I realize this on the first date? Like, why am I just realizing that we are talking about nothing and it's not fun and nobody's making jokes and...
1: Yes, I need you to further explain
0: what what you meant by, it's too slow. (laughs) I mean, I think I get it. I think I just realized, and I don't know why I didn't realize this on the first date. I I honestly don't know why. I think I was just so... I think on the first date, I was just, like... Excited? Well, I... (sighs) Flabbergasted? I don't know what... Like, I think the thing that freaks me out the most is, like, I don't know what was going on with my brain on the first date. Like, I don't understand what story I was telling myself to make my... Like, I don't really understand. I think it was, like, more... I don't know. I I really don't know. That I need was a to weird week this. for you. I need. To, yeah. I was. It was a very weird week on so many levels, and then the second date, like pretty early on, I was like, "Oh, this is not fun. Like, yeah. this is not fun. Like, we I'm not having fun with this conversation." What about it? Had you hyped it too much? Well, and you know that I was fell? doing both. You know that I was like. You know that I was. You knowing were seeing that it could be bad. Both sides, right? Of it, yeah. I knew that. It, I I knew that it was possible that that I didn't actually have a good time on the first date. I just didn't have a bad time, and yeah. then, <clears> and he was he's very
1: nice. He's he very like nice, a very but, nice person. But
0: he's very. He was very very communicative in a way that was a little bit too much and weird to me. Yeah. Where there were red flags, but then people would say to me, Caroline, you're really complaining that he's too communicative, and yeah. I was like, Yeah, I guess I see what you're saying, but. Well, if it's not a turn-on for you, then it's not a turn-on for you. That might be someone else's cup of tea. Well, but it's not about the communication. It's the fact that we were talking about nothing. It wasn't fun. It wasn't funny. Oh. It wasn't banter. It was just like, hi, how was your day? And I'm like, (laughs) what are you doing now? And it's just like, why are we talking about this? And nothing was funny. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing was, but it was nonstop every single day. Well, your comments were funny. Yeah, I tried. Yeah. I was trying to... Keep it light, man. And I would give him the benefit of the doubt there. Well, that's what I did. And then in person having And then in person you- I was like, oh, so this really is just, this is it. Nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong with him. I can't say anything bad about him. Yeah. I, I was just bored out of my mind. Like yeah. really, truly. And I, and and even when we were texting nonstop, I was, I'd be like, oh, thank God he went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> yeah. So that, those are all really telling things, but I think it's, really frustrating to me that like even at this point why can't why couldn't I figure that out like way earlier that's not how life works and I really (laughs) like I really feel this deep in my bones that it is an absurd ask to expect me to do that over and over and over again to find a mate I think it's just ridiculous yeah no I I can't even believe it and and so I came out of my you know very long dating hiatus To basically, like, experiment and just, like, be open. And he was so communicative that I was like, I guess. Yeah. And that's how this happened. But, like, I regret it. (laughs) (laughs) You
1: regret it? Really? No, I don't
0: feel like it was a corrective experience. I really don't. I feel like it was just the 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 same old, same old. But more so being let down, but not necessarily by them being mean to you. Yeah, well, they're different... just not connecting. Right. But I actually, yeah, like I, hmm. I would rather be rejected than have to do the rejecting. I I know that that's, that's weird.
1: Di- no, it's difficult. I di- um, that's not I, weird. I have just like, I hate it. I hate it. I wouldn't know how to do it. I've never broken up with someone. No. I've always been rejected. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. Well, I have one now. I won. You won. You won. <laughs> um, and he is me. <laughs> <and> he... <laughs> Surprise! It's you. Um, you will though, and it's it's so hard. I mean, I remember when I was single, I wasn't necessarily dating. I was allowing certain people in, but then bailing on like eighty percent of dates that I had scheduled. Yeah. yeah no I mean why wouldn't you it's not fun it's not
0: fun I could think of every reason to cancel exactly I really like being like I actually really like my life too I just I just like and I'm always trying to figure out like where the line is between what I like do I think oh my god
1: he's snoring oh my god Henry is like how would you explain where he is right now He's in his favorite type of perch on he's the couch. On the top of the couch. Yes. He likes to lay on top of That's couches. That's how small he is. Because he likes to be face level. <laughs> he wants to be staring at our faces. And poor Molly's. Henry on the Philly form. Pup. <laughs>
0: yes, at Henry Philly Pup. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my God. It's so cute. I know. Anyway, awesome. I think I'm trying to get a little too deep right now, but I just, I, sometimes I wonder yeah. why, like, why am I forcing myself to date? Am I forcing myself to date because I feel like I should? do I really like there there's a lot there there's a lot to unpack there and I'm always trying to unpack it and be really honest with myself I'm trying not to be closed off because I can tend to be that way Mm -hmm. which is why I like (laughs) yeah you know yeah yes I
1: do um I think you know you have to there's nothing wrong with you enjoying your life as a single woman you're you're successful you have you know a beautiful trinity that you can live in for the rest of your life,
0: if and the ants don't kill me. If first. the
1: ants don't destroy you, um, but if you want a partner that is human, you have to date. Well, I refuse. So there, there we are. There you go, <laughs> Molly. Molly forever.
0: Uh, anyway, oh uh, well. Obviously, to everyone who's listening, there's more there. the The journey is never over. The journey of self discovery. No, never ends. No. Not even therapists know what they're doing, I, really. I know nothing, really. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: what else?
0: Should we call it? Is I don't there anything know. else I've, we
1: need to say? I have been avoiding finishing my Ritas because we're at the you part where crunch. the chunks are and oh, I don't okay. want to be crunching. Okay. Unless, so although well, I am very into ASMR.
0: Oh yeah, but I don't know not if the it time was, nor place. I'm not sure if it would sound good on here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you, um, want to shout out like where people can follow you or do you, sure. how do you feel about that? Do you just want people to follow Henry Philly Pop?
1: That is where you will find my best
0: content. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I'll shout out my, my therapy group.
0: Because they are like super, uh, anti-diet and oh, yeah, at every size. They love which you. not all therapy groups are or therapists no are. and they take it actually very seriously so like, this is a really good shout out Let's yeah do
1: um so it's called the westchester therapy group and at wc therapy, therapy group, group. Yes. yes um and you know we're we're a bunch of pretty i would say pretty awesome clinicians i was like you are pretty <laughs> yeah you know, i'm so we're very pleasing to look at um they're, they also have the Philadelphia Therapy Group. I personally don't have a therapy Instagram because it's exhausting. I already run my dogs. <laughs> That's why I
0: don't run my dogs. Yes. Because it's
1: exhausting and I already run this. Yes. But I'm on psychology today. You know, if you want referrals, I work primarily with children and family, but I also do um, typically adult women as well. Um, so, Yeah. At yeah. WC Therapy Group and uh, my girls Emily and Jen, the owners of the practice, they have a podcast too. Yes, Shrink
0: Chicks. Yeah, and they're hilarious and smart. Love you, girls. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! So we can link to that too. Any last words of on of on the coronavirus
1: or, um, or love? <laughs>
0: i'm kidding oh. no not coronavirus, coronavirus
1: coronavirus you know do all the things that they're telling us to do i think wash your hands wash your
0: hands stay away from people don't do what we're doing stay home and eat yes stay home and eat mm-hmm. and like maybe bust out your journal or something oh
1: yeah maybe meditate do, do a little yoga do some dancing pet a dog
0: And I cut us off there because we just kind of started rambling, um, in a direction that never had a good ending. So, uh, that was last night. This is the next morning that I'm coming to you, Caroline here. Hello. Um, I would just like to wrap up this episode by thanking you for listening to it this long. If you've gotten this far, um, the last thing that I want to say that I didn't really say earlier in the episode about food scarcity and people panicking is that, you know, We are not going to starve in our houses. And that's one of the things that the message from the woman in the lockdown in Italy kind of reminded me in a new way. We are going to have access to food. The problem here is not that a lot of us are going to starve in our houses. If it comes to a mandated lockdown, which I have no idea if it's going to, Um, I think that's the thing that's stressing people out because that means you can't go out to get food. But there will be ways to get food. Um, That is what's going to happen. I mean, it's going to have to happen. We're not going to starve in our homes. Um, So do whatever you can to support yourself and sort of mitigate the anxiety that somehow you're going to fully run out of food and um never be able to access it or never be able to order more food or um that the grocery store is never going to get another delivery of food and that there's you know that the toilet paper companies have stopped production like there there is not actually a lack of resources it just feels that way because people are hoarding and people are panicking so that's then making other people panic because they don't have access to it but we still live in a country where there is abundant production of these things and we will not starve and we will somehow be able to get toilet paper. So uh, take care of each other. Don't hoard resources. Trust that we will figure this out and there will be ways to to buy more food and more toilet paper, you know, when we need it and if there is any sort of mandated lockdown. And um, – stay safe and don't just look out for yourself look out for other people because even if it's not going to affect you negatively it it could affect someone else negatively so just keep that in mind i will be back in two weeks with an episode about diabetes and intuitive eating which i'm excited to share with you and in the meanwhile uh i'll see you on instagram goodbye oh and yeah i never actually talked about my ant issue and I never talked about um, my car issue and I never talked about me trying to order groceries from Amazon Prime but uh, there being no slots and so that I went grocery shopping somewhere else in you know in person and then a slot opened up and so I got double amount of groceries that I usually get I have a million oranges in my house it's ridiculous Um, I have actually, because of this, I have way too much lettuce in a way that's absurd and I'm never going to be able to eat it all. Um, never talked about it. Oh shit. My phone is on again. Okay. Anyway, I'm leaving you again. I'm just going to end this episode (laughs) for the fifth time. Bye.